Meredi Football Podcast, David Lawson and Stefan Hosen. Uh, Stefan, what's going on? Man, I'm good. I know you're not good, but I'm good. I know you can hear in my voice uh, a bit of disappointment. Um, anyone that has ever said it's better to go to the finals than lose um, is, doesn't know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> what the fuck they're talking about. Anyone that says, hey, you know, it's better, you know, you, you gave a good fight. You gave a good go. We, we put up a show. And, you know, you fell at the last hurdle. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Uh, losing Man. in the finals is as bad as anything I can imagine. The only, the only silver lining, and we'll get into this, is I've always said this. I remember when Germany lost to Spain in 2008. And the Netherlands lost to, to Spain in 2010, etc. Always told their fans, I said, you should be, you should be all right. You played a much better team. And they would always say, no, no, we had this, we could have. I was like, no, they were just better. And I'm going to stick with that consistency. Though yeah. Italy were just a better, better team than England. And yeah. this is how it is. Like that, if it would have felt it's disappointing, and I you know, heartbroken and I'm shattered, especially considering that I have a watch game at three in the morning and I was traveling and you have work the next right after. So it, all of that plays in disappointment. But had we lost where I felt like we were the better team, that would have et at me for a long time. And a few things stood out to me. I don't know if you want to go first because, you know, I've got a lot to say. So if you want to go first, you can. Or if you want me to go first, you can. I don't mind going first at all. Um, yeah, we can just take it from here. What stood out to you about uh, England's second place? Uh, what stood out to me? I wouldn't say anything stood out to me per se. Um, I know there's a lot of debate right now centering around decisions, managerial decisions, penalty takers, blah, blah, blah. I subscribe to what you said. I think England lost to the better team. And we've been going through this entire Euros. I've been saying the same thing. I feel like this Euros is the most competitive it's ever been because of various reasons, the travel, the COVID situation, all of that plays into the fact that I think most teams were fairly evenly matched. Yes, I think Italy were better. I don't think they were much better, obviously, but they were the favorites going into the final for me. I saw someone post the bookies' favorites were England. I think that's just bookies being bookies because I always thought Italy had the edge going into both their semi-final and their final against England. And it played out how I expected it to play out for the most part. England started the game fairly well for me. You know, there was some surprise regards, regards um, formation, five at the back by Southgate, maybe overly cautious, but it worked within two minutes. I don't, I don't necessarily think going to a back five like people say, is a cowardly move or a defensive move. I always say formations do not dictate philosophy. I think the smart play was going five at the back, match them up. They don't want their wing backs flying, which is what Italy's strength is. And it worked for the most part. Tactically, I thought the first 30 minutes were in favor of England. And for the most part, things looked good until that point. But class always tends to shine through in football. And eventually... The midfield battle, as good as Rice and Phillips were for me for the entire tournament. Once Verratti, once Jorginho, once those guys started getting moving, the tide turned and it was just wave after wave of pressure. And I said that in quotes because it wasn't like they were battering the goal. 
but the game was definitely flowing in Italy's favor. You felt a goal was coming, it came, and then once that happened, I think Southgate reacted a bit too slowly. I do have a penchant for saying Southgate knew what he was doing for the majority of this tournament. I think he might have got that second half round. But do, am I going to go overboard and criticize? No. But that's just my neutral perspective. I think Italy was the worthy winner in the Euros were decent showing and I have no complaints as a neutral. Okay, we'll get into the tactical analysis later. <clears throat> a few things stood out to me, two grand things stood out to me. Firstly, for England to win a tournament, everything seems to have to be perfect. They have to host it, they have to get luck, and they have to hope that, it, that every part of their team is functioning at a high level. Whereas yeah. other teams, where, whether it be Portugal, whether it be France, who France won the World Cup without a striker, really, scoring a goal. Um, Portugal winning the Euros uh, with, <laughs> with a team far worse than this current England team uh, away. Whereas this England team, I felt it was the same movie and I knew the ending. During the Denmark game, someone said to me, do you after one do you feel like we can come back and i said yeah i think we will come back i turned to someone in the middle of the second half and i was like yo you do you think we're gonna win and he asked me what do you think and i was like no we're not and he was like why you think that i was like because i've seen this movie this has been a, a movie that i've seen far too often since 2002 and it was shown in 2012 when england played italy in the euros this wasn't as dramatic whereas italy then had like took 36 shots and couldn't score. England's fundamental problem of not being technical enough in the midfield and not being able to make enough passes to withstand pressure or not having enough players who have the ability to play on the half turn, use the dribble, use range of passing, has come back to haunt them. I honestly feel like Italy's pressure not just this, this destroyed England's total flow. They also had more dribbles than England. It's another thing that stood out to me. England's inability to play on the half term and were consistently negative. People were saying England looked good in the first half. I thought they looked very poor. They took only one shot, which was the goal. They had absolutely no answers for the press, the press that Italy was giving them. It, was, it, it seemed as if every time an English, England player would make a progression up the field, there was four Italian players around him and he had no way and no understanding of how to make the pass because he just could not identify hell. I couldn't even identify it watching the game. That, that, yeah. that was how good it was. And the, the, the England are a very functional team that were highly dependent on their front three to make plays for them to make up for their inability to play in midfield. I've yeah. said it before, Mason Mount is not an attacking midfielder. He lacks, well, right now, maybe in the future he will, but right now he isn't. He doesn't have the fundamental requisite skills to play in that position. He was just running around. He was literally just running around. Another thing that stood out to me <clears throat> before, um, before I give you a chance is, listen, it's football. I'm 
Rashford, Sancho, Sako, but all missed penalties, right? Yeah. People blaming them and stuff. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going the racial element. I'm not going to go down that. They're, those people are stupid. But listen, this whole idea that Rashford and Sako and Sancho are brave because they took penalties—that's total garbage. They're footballers, for God's sake. They're highly, <laughs> highly intelligent, highly paid, highly quality football players. Two of them were brought on to take penalties. They obviously yeah. were brought on because they've been doing it in training over and over again, right? <laughs> Right, this whole bravery. Oh, footballer took up took a penalty. Oh my, next thing. Oh, they're so brave. He took a shot. Like, let's cut the garbage. Right. <laughs> Rashford fucked up his penalty. Rashford, yeah. Rashford danced on the ball. He made him miss, and then he just missed the goal. Similar to how Muller missed the goal. I'm not going to kill him for it, but he missed the fucking goal. Right. Yeah. He should not have missed. Right. Should not. And if should you want not. to blame him for missing, hey, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say, hey. That's wrong. Rashford was brought on the field to score a penalty. He fucking yep. missed. Jaden Sancho, who is, a, who is recognized as one of the best attacking players in the world for his goal-scoring ability, was brought on to score a penalty. He kicked yep. a poor penalty. He wasn't no uh-huh. brave. And this, yep. all right, Saka is 19. He missed a penalty. Oh, he's so young. What do you mean he's so young? He's been playing football for two years now at the highest level. He, he, Saka, I've seen younger players score penalties. It, it, this is not the only football player to ever score, a young player to ever take a penalty. He missed, right? Yep. yep. Bravery nonsense. They should have scored the penalties. They missed. They, they weren't brave because they missed. They're, yeah. <laughs> and they weren't cowardly because they missed either. Yeah. But, no, and it, it swings both ways. It swings both ways because once again, that's just the, the narrative of footballers. I, I mean, brave, sure, it might be brave to step up in front of 60,000 people and take a penalty when you're an England um, player. Sure, I'm not going to go overboard with that. As you said, Rashford and Sancho were brought on to take penalties. I'm sure they knew going into not even today's game. I'm sure at some point from before even the squad was taken, they would have known if it goes to penalties, I have a good chance of having to take one. I'm sure before the final, they practice penalties. I'm sure before the game, when they go through their team talks, Southgate says, you know what? If it comes down to this, you guys are coming on to take penalties. I saw someone saying yesterday that Rashford and Sancho should have, brought, should have been brought on with 15 minutes left to play at least so they could warm up to take a penalty. What? Why? Right. They're specialist penalty takers. Like, I've seen guys, I've seen guys come on and not and not take a and not touch the ball and sink a penalty. Jorginho, who is probably the best penalty taker on the field, played 120 minutes, scored a penalty in the last game to win the semi-final, and he missed in the final. It just happens. They're not brave. Don't go overboard and criticize them either. They just took poor penalties. I see people but going crazy at something. Oh, why did why did these guys take penalties? Why this order? Blah, blah, blah. Rashford's a penalty taker. What order does it matter? Rashford scores his third penalty. England likely win. But that miss, critical moment in a penalty shootout, swings it. It's just football. It happens. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen, I've said, yeah, the only thing I can say about them is I've seen better miss. I've seen worse miss. I've seen worse score. Yeah, like, in all honesty, when, when I saw Rashford, they're, they're so brave. I was like, fuck that shit, man. They're, they're no brave. So what honestly, was, was, was Calvin honestly, was brave because he ran the most at the field? Like, yes. Anyway, I don't want to get <laughs> caught up into that. 
This yeah, is what honestly, I want to say. The final thing I have to say with that, I just want to say the final thing I have to say with that in regards to the penalties, I would have I would have bet my house on Rashford smashing that top corner. Uh, that shocked me. <laughs> when when I saw that, I was like, oh, England are winning. Rashford's next. And it, he missed. It happens. It's just football. I, I, I didn't, I, I wasn't confident throughout the whole thing. Mainly yeah, yeah, but you're an England. You're an England yeah. fan. You're never. I felt, I felt <laughs> Maguire for sure was going to miss. When Maguire stepped oh. up and I and I um I cursed actually because I was like, why is he stepping up and he scored? Hey, shout out to Harry Maguire. Start of the season, Harry Maguire was, was blamed by everybody for being this horrible waste of space, just a waste yeah. of money, everything. Yeah. And at the end of the tournament, he, he's now being praised. I'm not going to go overboard. I'm not going to, I've said before, he's a very good football player. I don't think he's world class. I don't think he's top class. I think he's very good. Vidic called him eight out of 10. I think he's more of a seven and a Harry half. Maguire. To Harry Maguire, yeah. we, have said, we have said it. We have said it many times before. Harry Maguire is easily top five centre backs in the EPL. Let's just leave it there. Like if you think he's crap, your your knowledge on football is flawed. Your opinion does not matter. Move on. He had a great tournament. I thought he had a good season for Manchester United. I think he'll go on from strength to strength. Yeah, good for him, John. I, I, I'm, I, honestly. England's defense, we can get into that another time, or we can break it up. I want to just talk about this game, mainly from an England perspective. I've seen this before. It happened in 2002 against Brazil. Brazil down to 10, but England couldn't get the ball. 2004 against Portugal, that ball into Deco, England couldn't defend it. And for those that don't know Deco, the number 10, England just couldn't defend it, right? I've seen it yeah. in 2010 against Germany, just completely outflanked with maneuverability in the midfield. Bastian Schweinsteiger, Mesut Ozil, they just completely befuddled them. Not so much with possession this time, but more movement and slickness of ability. 2012, Pirlo and Co. just dominate them for the entire 120 minutes. England have no answers. Last year, we saw England play against the Netherlands in the Nations League. I personally, I didn't watch the game live. Because I saw the setup of the midfield, I was like, oh, England can't win. England's going to need some luck. Because I've seen this movie before. You, you play a game, and for too long a stretches, you just cannot get hold of the ball. I said to you before the tournament, Stefan, the one team I don't want England to face is that quarterfinal matchup against Spain in Rome. Yeah. Because England will not touch any of the ball, and mm-hmm. our midfield is going to look so primitive compared to theirs. I didn't yeah. expect Italy's midfield to be that good. I kept saying, oh, you know, their skill is totally skilled. I didn't expect them to be that much better. And <laughs> another thing that stood out to me was Germany must have looked at that game and realized their mistake. That had Germany decided to play an extra midfielder, Gundogan, they would have, yeah. the first 10 minutes would have looked like the entire 90. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with it. And that, that's just the flaw of England. Their midfield composition just isn't good enough at this level to do much more than what they can do. Uh, yes, on, honestly, that is where I want to get your opinion. England, no team is flawless. Every team is going to have weaknesses. England yeah. have improved tactically, technically, they are personnel-wise. England over the last, since 2010, South Africa, England has improved. I'll argue that point to the very, very end, right? Yes. yes. No team is going to be perfect. 
England's weakness <laughs> is they don't have technical midfielders like like continental teams. Something that that when people always say to me, David, I'm biased towards certain midfield. Mainly, my main bias is midfielders to the Modrics and etc. Is because those are the type of midfielders I've seen destroy England and have given me nightmares thinking about them. Right. So those midfielders have always been the type of midfielders where I've said, damn, I don't want to play against him. Damn, I wish he yeah. was on the England's team. That's another reason why I've never rated Deli Ali, never rated Mason Mount. Not even them, like even Brazilian midfielder like an Oscar, for example. I never rated him. Yeah. When you look well, at when you look at ahead. England, right? England need to find a way to make up this problem. Every team has flaws, and that is a fundamental flaw. And I'm not blaming Gareth Southgate for the defeat. I know I'm not his biggest fan. I'm more blaming mm-hmm. for the Croatia defeat in the semifinals than this one. The only thing I would say for him is that he shouldn't have started. If he wanted to play that way, England should have played either Sancho or Saka up front because then basically you're saying you're going to try and use your pace to be the pace. Yeah. Mason yeah. Mount, you, you can't half-ass it and say, okay, Mason Mount's going to be the attacking midfielder because he can press, but when we're giving the ball, he can't do anything with it. Like, watch, watching Italy play football yesterday versus England, it was like they were playing a different sport. <laughs> well, especially when you compare the, the three, the threes of both teams, when you compare the Barella, the Jorginho, and the Verratti versus um, Rice, Phillips, and Mount. Because as much as Mount was... In the front three, his role was to drop back and be that extra man. But as you said, when he got on the ball, he really couldn't do anything with it. And it's a shame because I like Mason Mount, but that midfield, and, and I hate to say this word because I thought Rice and Phillips had good games, but it's basic. It's very basic. They it's just don't have the I, I wouldn't say basic because I think that is downgrading them. As, um, yeah. I think it's a bit hard. Robotic. It sounds hard. It sounds I think harsh. they're robotic. Yes. The way how they turn, the way how they move on the ball, the way how they pass the ball, it's very robotic. They're fundamental defensive players. Calvin Phillips has been improved because he was able to get proper coaching from a um, South American manager in Bielsa that completely saw something in him and tried to grow. But there's a reason why he's a Leeds player and not yeah. a Real Madrid player. Rodecon yeah. Rice is a fan... Is as is a good, very good to very good defensive player with some good skills, but he's not an elite football player. He's very, mm-hmm. both of them are so robotic. They will run all day, they will do a lot of stuff, but they're not the type of football players that have the level of flair and skill, like a, for example, like a Fabinho or even a Casemiro, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, they don't they're, have they're... that natural, in, that don't have the natural instincts. Of even a Kante, a player that are critical, because Kante, even though Kante may not be the best of the ball, Kante is so quick thinking that his ability to, to push the ball into spaces uh, and burst forward mm-hmm. is very is is and read his 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 other defensive midfielder is very is better than both of them. The, the, yeah, I, I agree with that. The, the thing for me is I think England's midfield has a clear ceiling. And when it comes to certain teams and certain matchups, that ceiling, it just can't get you over the hump. You're, go- you're going to find better teams where that lack of ingenuity, that, le- that, lack- that lack of a little bit of genius, a little bit of spontaneity is going to come back and haunt you. 
Because really and truly, yeah, you can play that way and win tournament football. We've seen teams do that. But we've, for, for example, I, I've really compared England to the likes of France and Portugal. Both of them have won tournaments. They got a bit lucky. Uh, but those are two teams where people are always like, oh, they should be dominating the midfield and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, France don't have those kind of players. Portugal but the difference, Stefan, between France and England... No, no the difference that, is quality. Yeah, the yeah. Difference they, is, they, 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 no, the ability to dribble. Let me finish. And that comes through quality because the ceiling, as I said, at the end of the day, Pogba's ceiling is way higher. Pogba and Kante's ceiling is way higher than what Rice and Phillips would give to you. I would even say the same for Moutinho and um, who was it apart? And um, Renato Sanchez. They have a higher ceiling than what those two can give you on day one. So England, for me, moving forward, I, I see a lot of people doom and gloom. Oh, England need to sack Southgate. A better manager will get better things out of them. I don't necessarily subscribe to that. Sure. I think managers can add a little 10% here or there. Maybe a super manager could get more from Philipson and Rice, but I don't think it's really the core issue. I think well, the core issue is the players aren't good enough to do better. That's well, my thinking. Well, my thing is as well, Mancini deserves all the credit in the world. This is some of the best coaching I've ever seen. To think of what Italy were before him, nobody saw this coming. And they yeah. now equal Spain's record of, of the most games most games not lost, was 34 in a row, not losing a game. And I, I thought they should have lost against Spain. I felt Spain were the better team, but hey, it, yeah. it happens. In England, for example, the inability to find another central midfielder is what cost them this tournament. But yeah. what I am saying with Southgate is he, under, he, he understands this, right? What yeah. he have done differently, right? He brought on Jordan Henderson to try and stem the fight, stem, stem, stem the tide, right? Yeah. What could he have done differently, do you think, to have... Um, think? Me, personally, when Italy had made it 1-1, I was of the mindset that he should have gone... He did... I give him credit, switched off 4-3-3, whatever... I was of the mindset that he should have brought Rashford on, uh, mm -hmm. mainly because Rashford can pick up the diagonal ball. How Mason Mount stayed on the pitch for 100 minutes, that is a question that he has to answer for. And when mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm throwing these questions over, I don't believe that it was Southgate's fault why we lost, because if I'm blaming Southgate for this defeat, that means I'm blaming him for all other defeats that I've seen England lose, which is the same story. <laughs> But yeah. England have to find a way to overcome this because they're not the only team that has had to overcome something and win, right? Yeah. And sure. where and that's where where I think the Rashford. I thought Rashford should have come on. He could have said Rashford is too is not a hundred percent, right? This is where I thought Jaden Sanchez should have come on. He brought on Saka. I personally felt like if you're bringing on Saka, you should have brought him on to play a part of a middle three. You should have just basically said, hey, I'm just playing with pace. Rashford, Sterling, Saka, or Sancho, Sancho, Sterling, Saka, and just go with pace and try and use the more direct route because you're already getting, you're already getting killed. You're yeah. already getting killed, right? So that's what I thought. That's what, that's what there, what I should have thought. But I, but you know, Stefan, you know, we're talking about all of this. If 
Jordan Pickford, Jordan Pickford's um, brilliant save doesn't hit the post, hits the outside of the post, it doesn't come back in, right? And England, like, probably holds on to win. My, yeah. my counter to that is that goal was coming. England were getting deeper and deeper and deeper, and eventually a bounce was going to come and Italy was going to get a chance. Does it matter if they're going to take it or not? Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, and that's just the fine margins of football because if that save from Pickford hits the other side of the post and goes out for a corner and England defend it, I don't think Italy scored. Really and truly, I don't think they scored. They really didn't create many clear-cut opportunities. But to go it back to your original... It's hard, it, it's hard to clear clear-cut opportunities when England have eight men behind the ball. It, no, for, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. I've for always, sure. But, uh, yeah, yeah, to go no. back to your original question of what England could have done differently, personally for me, I thought pace was the way to go, which is why it did surprise me that they went back five and dropped Saka of all people. If they were going to do that, I thought they would have dropped. Uh, I, I thought they would have kept Saka in the front three instead of Mason Mount. I thought that would have been a better solution. But um, it worked. Two minutes in, England are up one nil because of the fullbacks. So that, that, I can't knock that um, the, the decision. But what could have done differently? Honestly, when the goal scored and Saka came off, I was literally about to type, Saka should have been on five minutes ago. I thought he should have come on five minutes yeah. before the goal. He was because the, reactive. But uh, yeah, I, I thought he was reactive as well. Yeah, oh. I think that I think the tide the tide was was so apparent at that point in time that you needed to do something. And there was space there for the speed. I didn't like the Jordan Henderson substitution. I understood the rationale behind it. But at that point in time, I think I would have taken off um, Mount instead. And gone with as JJ and Sancho and just gone speed, pace. Because that's essentially how England were set up. When that substitution was made, I think eventually Saka did go central and he started to create a little, a little bit more. I know there was a point where he almost got a little flick from Jack Grealish later on. But yeah, I just think the substitutions were badly timed. No, no rhythm of play. Hurricane couldn't get a I thought Hurricane worked very hard, tried to pick up the ball, but you know, he, he couldn't even get a touch in the box. England couldn't create shots. Here, that's the, yeah, shots England, England took six shots in the game. Three of them yeah. were from from some four from corners, some headers where we got under. <laughs> that was it. One was a Calvin Phillips long shot, and the other one was a goal. And I, I forget the sixth one. Um, wasn't nothing Here's- meaningful, right? We couldn't create a shot. Sterling would try to dribble. But then when he would dribble, if he tried to pass, there, would, there were so many men around English. There were so many men he couldn't get through. He mm-hmm. would then try he tried to dribble somewhere, he'd lose it. And there was literally no shooting opportunities. I was absolutely amazed how Italy were able to press and counter-press. And that yeah. was just, just phenomenal. The way how they control the counter-press. Uh, people, I hope people understand when I say press, counter-press. But... How were they able to do that? that the, the shifting, England should England had just absolutely no identification of to do it. Going forward, England's only hope is, is, is Jude, Bellingham. Jude Bellingham. He's the only midfielder that I see right now. Maybe someone will come up between now and next year, November, uh, that can play in the midfield and can make things happen. But... Honestly, I don't. I don't see a better chance for England to win a tournament right now. I, I guess Qatar will be Qatar. It's hard to say because it's the first World Cup that will be taking place 
at that time. Um, yeah. So the player should be very, very fresh because in the middle of the season. Yeah. Um, so that is something that is hard to predict. Watching, uh, watching Brazil versus Argentina, which was just a diabolical game. That game, like, if, if Italy were playing against Brazil and they were trying those tactics, it wouldn't have worked because Brazil's instinctive ability to turn and flick the ball and nip it quickly and the ability to pick up fouls would, would put Italy in such despair that they wouldn't be able to play that way. And yeah. until England improved their natural, I've said it before, then that natural system, instinctive playing where they can make plays. Too often I've watched the turn this tournament. I don't know if it was instruction or if it's just the player's natural ability. They would get the ball and they're way too negative. They, they would never try and play the ball in between the lines. I'm not sure if it's because they want to keep their defensive shape. Um, and the mental and the mantra was listen. We're not we we may we're not going to win the game. We may not win the game in the first half, but we sure as hell we're not going to lose it. We're going, we're yeah. going to be in this game for as long as possible because we have the front three and we have enough options in the bench that can make things happen. Right? This was a whole tournament. It didn't work. I do expect in qualify qualification them to mix it up a bit. If you were the England manager, what are some things you would try going forward? to try and overcome this lack of midfield ability? Well, you see, the fact that the World Cup is next year is a big hamper for every international team that needs to revamp right now because really and truly, how do you change a national team in a year, essentially, when things are so ingrained for seasons? Uh, what would I try for England for the most part? Status quo. But as you mentioned earlier, Jude Bellingham, he's their brightest central midfield prospect. I think right now you have to throw your stock in him and hope that he can add the little missing pieces in midfield or add that new dimension in midfield that they lack. But outside of that, England really have no central midfield options. Like I was just talking to someone I was before thinking, we came Sorry on. to cut you. The, he just hurt his Achilles. It's Crystal Palace player, Ezra. I had hoped Ezra, but, him, but Yeah, but he, he naturally is another wide player. He is in the mold of a Jack Grealish. I was so, again, wondering if we could move him more centrally and have him being that dynamic type of um, central midfielder, maybe not a possession-based midfielder, but, is a, but he can get up and down, dribble, athletic enough. But once again, you're, you're, all that shows is England really lack these central midfield options, these natural central midfield options. I was talking to a guy before we came on the podcast and he was just like, how are England still starting Rice and Phillips in midfield? They shouldn't have started the final. I'm like, who's going to start over them? Who, who do you pick? They have no one at this point in time. You're going to have to hope that Jude Bellingham not only can come in and adapt, but stays fit for sure. And then outside of that, if you're the England manager, you, you might want to be calling some club coaches and being like, hey, you know that um, Jack Grealish might work in a midfield three. Saka might work in a midfield three. Sancho might work in a midfield three. Like all of these guys, Foden, they're all capable of playing the point position in a midfield three, but none of them have done that consistently for their club. But even, so if, gonna... even, if, even if England played that way, say, for example, Foden, who's a realistic option, turned into, I don't know, Kevin De Bruyne, let's just say. 
right? Or let's say David, let's say David Silva, because that's who he's compared to. Yeah, a quicker version of David Silva, right? He's going to need another midfielder who can get him the ball in the right places. So the yep. other central midfielder has to be defensively capable and uh, of being able to not just be defensively capable, but can get in the ball in forward positions, right? Yeah. Like I said it before at the tournament. I said when people were talking about Spain and Spain not being good, I said, yo, if Spain could just lend England two midfielders, two of them bench midfielders, I'd, <laughs> I'd be in such a better <laughs> shape. Like, imagine if Alcantara played instead of Calvin Phillips. If or if it was Rice or Phillips, pick who you want, right? They were a defensive yeah. midfielder, and alongside them was Alcantara. I don't think yeah. that I'd, you have him, right? And whoever else you play beside him, whether it be you probably play Mason Mount or you play yeah. Henderson or whoever. England's midfield doesn't get 34% of the ball against Italy. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And as much as I said to you, you know, I said, as much as we people are critical of Koke, for example, Koke's ability on the ball is better than all of England's central midfielders. Right. Hundred percent. So 100%. you know, you look at it, but hey, Italy were the better team. They they surprised me in some elements. I did. I knew they were subtly skilled. They had more. They they the dribbling was really better. I do think that they should have had a red card. I do think that um, Cialini or Cialini or Jorginho red carded. Definitely, yeah. yeah, those two. That one of them should definitely gotten a red card. I'm not sure how that wasn't, but hey, it's a final. Um, it's not a two-legged affair. So, yeah, and there's no reason to think England would have scored anyway if it was down to ten men. So, yeah. But lastly, Stefan, you look at. Messi finally win an international tournament in a game he was very, very poor in. He missed an easy chance. I know you had something to say about that. I have something to say about that. Do I? Uh, well, Messi has an international Well, Messi finally has an international trophy and it changes nothing because he was the greatest to ever do it before and he remains the greatest to ever do it after. But congrats to him. It clearly meant a lot to him. Yeah, he didn't have the best final. But at the end of the day, he now has a Copa America, Argentina's first trophy in 20-something years. And he once again was the best player at the international tournament by a distance. He just now has a gold medal to go with it. So props to him, props to Argentina. I said before the tournament, this was the most sensible Argentina squad I have seen in probably 15 years. By sensible, I mean they weren't doing stupid things like throwing Higuain up front when he clearly couldn't do anything for the team. They weren't doing stupid things like having Messi have to play defensive midfielder, ball ball carrier, attacking midfielder. It was a sensible lineup, sensible tactics, and they got over the hill and they got their trophy. Happy for them, happy for Messi. Greatest to ever do it before, still the greatest to ever do it. Yeah, it didn't affect me one way or the other. The only thing it does is it just kills that silly argument that he hasn't won anything for his country, and at least Ronaldo won something for his country. Yeah. We need to get yeah. into that. I will take the Brazil point of view. My God, as I said, Brazil is very lucky that their players have that natural skill because yeah. Jesus, the, the team that they were playing and the type of football <laughs> they're forced to play. It's really pathetic. Really what happened 
this used to be the most this this game was by far the most skillful passionate game in international football watching yeah. brazil play was quite was quite was eye opening it's been like this for quite a long time i did think in 2018 they had a very good team but aside from that since 2006 the the lineups that brazil have consistently put up there that they have been lucky that for so long they have had such an advantage of their players athletically skillfully um co- um coachability wise that, that have been better than everyone but every year that gap keeps getting smaller and smaller i always go back to the early 90s when you had the dream team barcelona had a great ac milan team and they played sao paulo in the what would have been the club the toyota cup the club world cup final and yeah. most of them couldn't even make the brazil team but when they yeah. played each other those players those second string brazil players were just so much more technically and skillful than everybody else but yeah things uh, world has in, world has changed coaching has improved technology has increased um you've had migration etc and no longer that gap keeps getting smaller and smaller and if i'm brazil they better hope and pray they find some players for the next world cup i do think that they because of their ability a team like italy if italy were playing them they wouldn't be able to play them like how they played against england they have to respect they still have to respect brazil's technical advantage yeah that they they still have a technical edge over damn yeah. every team that they play against right yeah. but they no longer have a player for player talent advantage over over teams and they haven't had that advantage for quite a long time yeah they definitely don't um it was it was brutal it was definitely a thug fest uh that midfield casimiro paqueta and fred what a match was you know for the most part- of fred though speaking of fred um fred flintstone fred is a perfect example of what i'm talking about stefan like declan yeah. rice and calvin phillips are better like over course of a season i would want calvin i'd want declan rice over fred but you yeah. know one game where it is just where international football is isolated and you don't have the level of you don't have the week long training you don't know your teammates as well and it's that instinct cohesion that you need on the ball like fred's technical ability is better than rice and phillips even though rice yeah. and phillips are better is a are bet is a better total football player if you understand what i'm saying and i hope no, 100 i understand 100% um, we've seen this with the like brazil have these players it's not the first time we've seen it ramirez willian all of these guys over the course of a season they look fairly average but if you isolate that one good game that they have that one little game where everything comes down to just having the technical ability to understand football to play football to get out of a move to just put up a highlight reel those guys can do it but we la- I laugh at Fred for saying that he starts for England for Brazil sorry for this tournament but really and truly throughout the tournament Fred was very good for Brazil and he got a lot of praise during the Copa America and a lot of people were saying oh look how many fans hate on Fred many fans hate on Fred because unlike for Brazil Fred plays 30 games for them during the season and he's poor in 25 and you can scout him for one week and weeks and weeks and, weeks, and you know everything exactly. and that you you have it, way the best way to do it is 
international football, because it is so choppy, choppy, choppy. That's why we've seen you see players like go back to England, like a Lingard play well. Or even, yeah. for example, you see a player like Andres. Well, I'm not going to go to Andres Tosa. I was just doing that to annoy you. Uh, you see players yeah. like you see players like Fred or even stick staying with Brazil. You see William from time to time being able to have good games. But in, in club football, where the coaching is so good, the scouting is so detailed, where they can break down every single aspect of your game and they manage every second of the game. You, 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 you don't have that choppy, choppy, choppy. Everybody knows each other. Everyone has played with each other in training, right? They know when you step, I go here. When you do this, I go there, right? You, you, you know, so the evolution of shape and stuff. So a player like Fred, he can, he can stand out instinctively. Do, uh, for Switzerland, um, I forgot his name, Ebola or whatever, I forgot. Ebola, yes, Ebola, yeah. the forward. He starts yeah. half of his games. We spoke about him. He starts half of his games. He benches half of his games. But in a tournament, he's, he's, his ability to turn quickly and get at you, it will stand out, right? Yeah. Over the course of a season, you can game plan for that, yeah. right? So there's yeah, stuff sure. like that you have to um, think and it's stuff like that you have to you have to look at. And that is where England, I think Fred sums up the the problem in England. England players don't have the same level of skill memory on the ball mm-hmm. like lesser players do. And Brazil yeah. and they they transition the play too slowly between the lines. Going forward. Southgate has to address that. We have to pass the ball quicker between the lines. No matter who we're playing, we have to pass the ball quicker. And that's that. That's, that's going to be difficult to achieve for them. Uh, it's not, like saying it, it doesn't sound like the hardest thing to do, but it comes down to player personnel for me. And you're going to be hoping for a player like Jude to progress, to be good enough to start. And you're going to be hoping for... Even with Jude Bellingham, though, even with Jude Bellingham, for example, right? Um, yeah. Even with Jude Bellingham, Jude Bellingham is not going to turn turn into Xavi. He's not no. going to turn into Fabregas by the next World Cup. Oh, sure, you know? no. So, which is why again, it's not just him. You have to be hoping that, as I named four players earlier who have played in a midfield three for their clubs, you're going to have to be hoping that one of them, two of them consistently get game in there so you can theoretically come up with a midfield of Bellingham and a defensive midfielder and Jack Grealish for example but really and truly right now Jack Grealish's best position is in the front three off the left playing a free well, we don't even know what we don't know what club he's going to and what's going to happen and we're... that's what I'm saying like you're, you're hoping you're hoping that something changes in this game that you can say realistically okay he's doing something different now and now it fits better into the England line I said before the tournament, England had a front, brought eight attacking players that could play in the front three. And you could, you could easily play them in so many different variations. But that is, one, a good thing, and two, a bad thing. Because it's just too mismatched for me. It needs to be a bit more coherent. You know, it's, it's really kind of eye-opening that England, for all of their improvement over the last 10 or so years, you know, they've won under-17 World Cup, they've won European youth tournaments and they won on a 20 world cup obviously that they, that the same the same problem comes back that they don't develop players who can make enough passes or who can overcome it 
And that's what yeah. I think. That's what Southgate scouted the way how Southgate wants to play. ITV spoke about it. Southgate said that they had scout tournaments, and it was basically the way how they approached it was being solid would be the best way forward. Those are the type yeah. of teams that get forward, right? He needs to yeah. now spend the next year or so scouting how when we meet a team with Italy's skill, it was England at about 34, 35%. It was really less than that because mm-hmm. Italy started tired, started to get tired in 120 minutes. Um, Verratti came off, Chiesa came off, etc. Zinia came off. So that really boosted it up just a little bit. Mm-hmm. They have to find a way to look at it and say, how can we overcome it? What, yeah. what is Guardiola doing? What is... Hey, what is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer doing? I use him because Manchester midfield <laughs> has not been the best, but they have to play in Europe against teams who have technical midfields, for example. Like, what are, what are sides in Europe doing where when they don't have these midfield players, right, what are yeah. they doing in these spells of the game to overcome it so they are not being pushed back? Because you're not yeah. going to find the midfield. And you can... It, it, I think you can you can win with because every team has flaws. You're not going to have the perfect team. So yeah. you know, had France had France lost the World Cup, people would have said, "Well, you can't win. You can't win a World Cup with no striker, right?" Yeah. So you know, and that's that. Anyway, so well, before we go, yeah, my final thoughts, baby. Southgate needs to make sure that Pep signs Grealish and Kane and has them work for a year and a half. But outside of this, the jokes. One serious question for you before you go. I saw you post something interesting the other day. Who is the best player in the world? Going forward, I think Neymar will be the best player in the world. All right, so you're no one record the same. Right now, it's hard to say. There's no arguments. A lot of time, a lot of this is predictive. I believe going forward, Neymar will be the best player. I think Neymar, if if you're asking me tomorrow, who is the player I don't want to play against? I don't want to play against Neymar. I feel he's more dominant now than a 34-year-old Messi, who is the favorite to win the Ballon d'Or and was the best in the Copa. But yes. he's, he's not this, obviously, he's not the same player at his age. I think going forward, Neymar is the, is the best player going forward. It, it's predictive. Yeah. Predictive. I, I can't say no because he hasn't played enough games. Um, yeah. So it's it's predictive. What's going to hurt Neymar is that this Brazilian team, the expectations are still the same, but the surroundings keep getting worse and worse. And as I say, that skill gap that they have keeps getting less and less. For example, say they play England next year in the World Cup with this team, right? And Jude Bellingham is the midfielder, right? In And he has improved, right? England, now that skill gap has even gotten smaller because now England now have a central midfielder who you can, who you can say, hmm, now their midfield, though it's not the best, it has improved since the Euros. And that's, that's the problem that Neymar is going to have. And he's going to be judged like all other Brazilian legends, but he doesn't have the same supporting cast. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, I thought you were being a bit more definitive when you said Neymar was the best. For me, Messi is still the best player in the world, but the, the gap is closing. And if Neymar plays... The amount of games X, I hope he plays this season. By the end of the year, we might be saying Neymar is now the best player in the world. I, re- I really hope it does happen for him because I want him to at least get one ball and go before his career is over. I, 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 don't, I don't think that's going to happen in PSG. I really don't. 
even if they win the Champions League, I don't see it happening because people are going to say the whole the, the whole league 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 is is something that works against him. Uh, he would have to be so phenomenal in the Champions League and then hope for a Copa or a World Cup where he wins or something. And that's the only way I've seen doing it. Yeah, interesting. Not impossible, but I, feel, I don't see it happening because of the, the level of difficulty. For example, Messi didn't have his greatest year, played well at, at a Copa, didn't do any, there was nothing really in the Champions League for him, but he's going to win the Ballon d'Or, right? So. Yeah, I mean, I, I would disagree. I think Messi had a very good year outside of maybe the Champions League, but I, I hear your argument. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, that's true. It's hard to really criticize Messi. You know what I think about Messi already. He's the best. I, I try not to get into this greatest argument anymore because I never saw yeah. different, different eras, etc. Um, he's the best I've ever seen. Um, I've always defended him and he, him winning the, the Copa America side of the service. And shout out to Jorginho, by the way. Jorginho took a lot of shit in England when he came in and played a holding role because many people thought Conte, who wasn't a holding midfielder, should play there. Um, and he was still taking shit in this tournament. I remember going into some people were saying he's not that good defensively without a Conte. He had the, he yeah. ran the most yesterday. <laughs> he, 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 I, I don't remember ever seeing him run, but he manages to run. And yeah, covered the most ground. I'm, I'm happy he missed this penalty from this, not just from an England standpoint, and I'm happy he didn't win the best player of the Euros because yeah. then there would have been an argument for him to win the Ballon d'Or, etc. He's not that. Yeah. I'm not going to. Yeah. I, I, I've said this before. I try to rate players accordingly. If you, I rate Georgina, if you told me he was a Ballon d'Or, I would say he's more so he's overrated because he's yeah, not a sure. level of football player. But shout out to him. Shout out to Insigne. Shout out to the whole Italian team. The way how they were able, Chilini at times. That's a problem also in England where their their central defenders can pull out to almost left back positions, whereas our central defenders don't have that fluidity. Um, so shout out to them. Um, and on England side, shout out to Luke Shaw, played fantastic this entire tournament. Shout out to Kyle Walker, who I call a walking fuck up. Played brilliant this season, played brilliant yesterday, got beat a few times. <clears throat> that happens when you're playing better players. Um, he, I didn't really think he made any mistakes. Uh, and I'm not going to go overboard with Rice and Phillips. People were going overboard. If you're good players and you play with another good player defensively, you look good. Shout out to Raheem Sterling. Um, shout out to England. You lost in the finals. Next year, you have a good chance. After that, I'm not sure. So anyway, that's that. Fair enough, fair enough. That's a good way to sum it up. Yes. All right, All right man. Well, that's good. I hope you don't drink yourself into despair tonight. I know no, you're still hurting, but... In more, <laughs> the, most, the most I would do is eat a bunch of cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All, All right. right. Goodbye.